The loving child, the loving child, she doesn't hear her mother weep. The loving child, with life so wild, her world to her is fast asleep. Don't turn away, please let her stay, for this sweet child must hold your hand. Her misty gaze is just a phase, she hopes that you will understand. She wants to shout. Love you, love you, listen to me. Want you, want you, listen to me. Love you, love you, listen to me, please. Welcome to Notes from John. And boy, are we ever happy to be with you this evening from beautiful Salt Lake City, Sunday night, um, March 8, 2020. That's right. That's we're, right. We're here back from St. George instead of our cruise. Indeed we are. <laughs> and glad and happy to be home. We've been in, as our podcast from last week, we'd have, uh, we'd been in St. George, Utah for a week because our our cruise, uh, we, we decided we... Be safe than sorry. And not go on the cruise because of the coronavirus problem and just not take the risks. So... Here we are, and uh, happy to be with everybody tonight. We have and a great shout-out tonight. We do, and uh, by the way, before we get into that, I, I will explain that uh, that song that we did at the beginning in just a few minutes, because it leads right into what we want to talk about tonight. But last, oh gosh, I guess it was Friday of last week, Thursday or Friday, um, we went to Costco because Bonnie needed to get her toilet paper and disinfectant. No, no. Everything was gone. <laughs> you you went to get your glasses fixed. I know, fixed. I know, I was kidding. So everybody else was getting toilet paper. There wasn't any toilet paper to be got. Left. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so we were at Costco. She was getting her glasses fixed, and I was just roaming the store. And you love to shop. I do not love to shop. But you were there. But I was there because you were there. I was there. And I said, why don't you, for the heck of it, why don't you go to the back and see if there's any toilet paper? <laughs> yeah, so so I go back towards the back of the store. And this uh, lovely, you know, late 30s, early 40s uh, woman said to me, hi, John. And I looked at her with this puzzled look and I had no clue who she was. And I, I kind of gave her the, uh, a look like, help me here. And she said, well, you don't know me, but I listen to your podcast. And I was so shocked that, uh, that that was the case. And I said, oh, my word. You have a memorable face. How does that come about? And she said, well, I, I heard about you on, uh, heard you on Studio 5, on Channel 5 of, oh, several weeks ago, and uh, you mentioned your podcast, so I picked it up from there, and her husband was with her, a 
good-looking, tall uh, young man and who, I guess, was driving to California. And she said, yeah, as a matter of fact, I just told my husband. And he said, yeah, and I'm leaving for California, and I'm going to be listening to it. So I, I just just made me laugh. It and did. Good <laughs> shout-out to her and her good husband for their kindness and saying hello to us. That was sweet and asked me to make sure that I they I said hello to Bonnie for them. And I did, didn't I? Oh, yes, you did. So there you go. Um, do you have anything else that you wanted to comment about our trip to St. George? The weather was beautiful. But why, one of the other reasons we were there was to watch our grandsons. We did. Play in a, a tennis tournament. Three of, three of them, Bo, Jake, and, and Dallin, Dallin, all three uh, played in a tournament tournament. A tennis tournament in St. George. And they won. Yeah, on Friday and Saturday. Yeah, it was fun so. to be down there and have them come down as well. So that was great. Yeah, it, it was. Well, uh, tonight we wanted to just visit with you a little bit about um, uh, having children that choose a different path. Some might call them a prodigal child. Others might call them a Wayward child. A wayward child. Others might call them a devil child if they're really bad. I like the prodigal child because there's that hope that they'll return like the prodigal child did. He certainly did. And um, it's hard for us to talk about this topic because, oh boy, I just say with a grateful heart, we never had the problem. We just have been blessed with such great kids. Um, you know they weren't <laughs> they were far from perfect believe me they had their own little issues they and their did little and still times do. every ballet a little bit yeah but not so me. did you so did I oh I was perfect <laughs> you, you probably were I was <laughs> well uh, I wasn't and um, <laughs> but I wasn't a prodigal child by any means you know but uh, I didn't I certainly made some dumb mistakes and some poor decisions. Now, maybe some of our younger listeners wouldn't know what a prodigal is. Why don't you teach them? Isn't that someone who turns away from their teachings and and their values? Yeah, what, what parable is it taken from? The Good Samaritan, or not the Good Samaritan, what is it, the prodigal and the... The, the prodigal of the, the prodigal, prodigal, prodigal son. son. And the prodigal son says to his dad, Dad, give me my portion of my inheritance now while I can I can use it. So he took his father, gave him his share of his uh, inheritance. They always want their money now. And they give me my money. So he took his share and he went out and, w and was engaged in riotous living. And, uh, and then after a while, he ran out of money. <laughs> and then he finally realizes that, oh my gosh, what have I done? And the scripture, the one of the scriptures that I love in that parable as much as any says, and when he came to himself, meaning when he realized the terrible mistake that he'd made, um, he decided he would go back to his father ask for forgiveness and ask if he could simply be one of his servants. And so he returned to his father and uh, his father, when he saw him, 
was re overly rejoiced and um, they killed the fatted calf for a, a, a celebration that he'd returned and all of this that he was so happy to have his son back. And the other son said, gosh, Dad, I, what about me? I, I, I've been faithful, and faithful true, all this time. Loyal. Yeah, I've done everything you've asked. I didn't go out and, and be engaged in riotous living and squander my inheritance, but you've never killed the fatted calf and held, held a celebration for me. And the father, I, I'm not, I don't have the scripture in front of me, so I'm not quoting, but he, the father said, essentially, son, uh, you have been with me always, and all that I have is yours. But this, your son was lost, and now has returned. Now he's found. Yeah. But that, I what a great see, story. It is a great story, but I can see where the one son would... You can see it. Think, wait a minute. Yeah, you, you can. That's kind of human nature, isn't it? Yes. So it, it, I, I know that there are <laughs> so many families who strive to teach their children correctly, to give them the very best environment that they possibly can to help them um, grow up to be uh, adults that are good and whole, wonderful and contributing and faithful and devoted and all of these things. Yes. But that doesn't always happen. And on occasion, a son or daughter may choose to do elsewhere. Yeah, to go another way. And and the and trying to ask why is that doesn't really help. I don't. I don't think the reality is we're all different, and we all come with a you know a, our own individual spirit. Some are bound to be more obedient than others. Satan was certainly less obedient ultimately than the Savior was. And I'm sure that hurt the father. Oh, I'm sure it did. Can you imagine his, his son rebelling against him? And Laman and Lemuel. Laman and Lemuel, surely. And uh, oh, sorry. Cain is compared to a you know, Abel mm -hmm. and uh, Adam's children. And anyway, it's all come down history, to history is just full of examples where some of the children are faithful and some are not. Some just have to learn on their own. So how do we deal uh, as parents with that so-called prodigal child, the one who, or two, or more, who go away? First of all, tell him what Elder Perry said. I had that conversation with Elder Perry. Tom Perry. Elder Tom Perry. Uh -huh. Apostle. Was a member of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And um, we were discussing this uh, oh, many years ago, and his comment uh, was the two principles that I would hold the very strongest is one, you must always love them. And they must always know that you love them, regardless of what they do. You may not love what they do. But I you like will, them at the time. <laughs> yeah, but you will always love them. And the second, always keep the door open. I think that's important that they know they always have a safe haven to return to, just like the prodigal son knew he could come back. So uh, you have a child that you you see is starting having tendencies to be rebellious. What are you going to do? 
what are you going to do? Well, I think first off, from my vantage point, is we, we've got to set the ground rules. And, and what is and what is not acceptable, acceptable behavior in our home. And uh, include them in that conversation. And help them to also then understand if, if they go contrary to the rules of the home, there are consequences. And that they know and understand what those consequences are. And then, um, particularly as they're younger, you especially got to be able to be consistent right. in maintaining those consequences. To follow through as hard as it is. Yeah, it, it is hard. But you, you know, you, you have to do it. Of course, when they continue to get a little bit older and now they're, they're in the mid to late teens, it becomes... Much more, harder. Much harder because they, you know, they now are, are able to, you know, uh, to lead out to their own paths. And, and they think they know everything. They do think they know. <laughs> then they know what's best for them and what's going to bring them happiness. But they know that they're not going to get that happiness at home. So they leave. Some of them choose to leave and... And that's where you, and sometimes you have to say, if you're not willing to keep our rules and requirements, then maybe they need to leave. Maybe there is a, another place that would be better for you. Tough love. Than here. And tough love is an important principle as well. That you love them, that you want them to be a part of you, your family, but that they've got to be willing to comply and follow the rules of your home. And it's hard not to blame yourself to try to know that you've tried to do your best and that you become part of the solution and not part of the problem. Yeah, the, I, I think there's a couple of other things that go along with it too. One is that, you know, you, is the manner of our conversation. I would hope that those conversations, they can get heated. Heated, yep. And if we're not careful we as parents can really contribute to the the level of that that heated conversation as parents we always need to be in control and yeah. not let our emotions take over that's hard to do too sometimes the tears come and the voices get a little bit louder you want to strike strike back and, and you know that's one thing that i was so grateful for my parents that they never yelled at me. Never. Not one time did they, either of them, ever yell at me. And there were times when they weren't particularly happy with what I did. And they let me know that. And, you know, I suffered a consequence on more than one occasion because of a stupid thing that I had done. But they never yelled at me. And I always knew that they loved me. Well, you're fortunate. I mean... I always knew I was loved, but my mom and dad would raise their voices a little bit, and then I got booted around the house with a broom on my backside. Yeah, I, I, I got it on my backside too, not just with a broom, but with a heavy hand on occasion. So that's another thing. It's hard to not strike back uh, because you're the you're the parent. You're you want to punish them. You want them. to punish them and, and then strike some, out. What happens sometimes is we end up punishing them because we're angry. 
That's never we're, not, the, yeah. we're not punishing to help them. We're punishing to hurt them. And that's never the answer. May not be, may not intending to hurt them physically, but we want to get back at them for what they've done. And that is absolutely the wrong approach. Yes, it is. I remember the day I had my two little boys and they started <laughs> downstairs uh, in our home. And, and I don't know what they were doing. I don't remember, but they, it was, they were being naughty. And so I went down and and told them to stop, and they were just laughing and making light of the whole thing. And the more they laughed about it, the angrier I got. And um, I, I didn't yell at them, but I got I got so upset that I walked over. I picked up my little, I can't remember what it was, six-year-old, five-year-old. Picked him up, and I said to him, you think this is funny? I, I was angry. I, I was wrong. What's funny about that is you let a six-year-old get to you. I did. It was <laughs> I was the one out of control. There. I, I, I didn't hit him or I didn't abuse him in any way whatsoever. But I, I stopped and realized, John, what am I doing? And I put him down. I said, I am so sorry. I just learned such a great lesson that day that I can never punish in anger. But you at least caught yourself. Some people don't catch themselves. Well, I know. I, well, I know that's, so that's true. That's when you become part of the problem. And sometimes you have a, if it's anger. You need to get some help. And yeah, try not to let your physical abuse come out. Your physical anger. So how do we help someone come to this this sense they have a child who who yells at them and and runs out the door and they're angry and everybody's angry. How do we help that parent not feel guilty. like they're a failure? Yeah. Guilty for, this is my fault. Put the with, blame. with a little reflection, they, they start, you know, feeling bad and remorseful. And how do, we, how do we stop from feeling guilty? Maybe in some sense, we are guilty if we have contributed to the problem in the sense that we yell and scream and... Uh, and, and even in some cases, some parents have committed physical abuse. Well, that's where you come part of the problem. And you have to step back and say, we need someone else to help here. How about those circumstances where we're calling our children names? Labeling. Labeling them. Yeah. You know, that, that isn't, that's not helpful. No, that's easy to do too at times. It is easy to do. And then other other parents will say, well, my children, you know, they won't hear me unless I yell. Yeah, they become parent deaf. Yeah, so what What do we do as parents then? Walk over and grab their face and put them <laughs> right in your face so they can hear you. <laughs> Go turn off their iPhone or their iPads in there. Well, you had a lot more experience with that, Bonnie, than I did as their kids were growing up. And because you were, you know, more the nurturing parent than I. How did you handle that? Well, there were times when, I mean, you stopped spanking them at eight, but I still would take a little swat to the behind once in a while. Or I'd send them to their rooms. I'd separate them and send them to their rooms. And when they got older, that was harder when because they could they'd start talking back as well, a little not terribly, but they wanted to spread their wings and try their their own set of what they wanted to do and. 
and they were okay. did you did you set out consequences for bad behavior and or for good behavior I tried to I mean I know I know we talked about that on many occasions question is that most of the time you were the one having to to deal with it I said wait till your father gets home <laughs> <laughs> I never said that I, I'm sure you didn't I wanted to but I didn't want you to sound like you were the scary man that was going to come home and let him have it. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and it was like we would threaten threaten them, you know, if you don't do this or you do this and you're not supposed to, you're not going to go to Disneyland with us. Oh, and that never well, worked. Well, how could that be? You're going to leave them home? Well, that was what was funny, too, is you would say, also, when you would give them consequences, you'd say, well, you cannot watch TV for a week or you have to stay home. And I'll go out with your friends, and I'd look at you and go, wait a minute, that's punishing me. (laughs) (laughs) But I I read a lot of books. I tried to listen to talks to help me how to deal with children, and I prayed a lot. How about praying with them? That would would have been a good idea. Praying with them about the problem. Did you do that? Having them pray. And you pray. You did that with the in your church. I comments. did it. Yeah. I did it many times with people that I was involved with in in my church callings. Did you do it with your children? Not over a specific issue. No. Yeah, we probably could I, have done better with that. We could have and should have. Yeah. That would have been a good thing to kneel down and pray. But I sure prayed a lot at night for them, and I'd go in their bedrooms and look at them and think, Oh, how can you do this? We, lo- about, we love you, and we want you to be making right choices to bless your life. But, like, again, some of them have to learn on their own, and they want to, they think they know what's right for them, and they have to go out and and learn the hard way. But then you're always there for them. Yeah, you have to. To love them. And yeah, to, you have to be there to pick up the pieces. pieces. Yep. Well, I just think also that if it gets to a point where it's you become part of the problem, that's when you start needing to think of counseling or talking to your your religious leader or a friend that's maybe had some similar situations that could help you. And if it's really out of control, they've got those wilderness camps or whatever they're called that you can send kids to to help with that. But again, they have to want to be able to participate in doing that. Yeah, it seems to me that not only do the, oftentimes the children need to be able to get into a counseling scenario, but the parents need the to parents have someone well. that can, they can be a sounding board for them. Right. That they can both vent to and listen to counsel and be willing to take counsel. I, yeah, don't be embarrassed to ask for, for help. Because, exactly. Yeah, and both of you, usually the parents both need to go not to send one or the other, or you deal with it, which can help, which can also be a burden and a problem for your marriage. You don't blame each other. Yeah, because it, sh- it surely becomes an important element to to be united in your approach, whatever that approach is, that you're united together, and the child isn't, pl- you know, playing one parent off against the other. And that happens as well. But I think it's important to. Pray with your pray with that particular child, and also pray for each other, 
as a as a spouse, pray pray for each other if they're having difficulty with that particular child. And and ultimately as well, we all need to certainly enlist the help of our Father in heaven in mighty prayer, seeking his divine guidance and influence and in those scenarios others may say well i do that but i don't ever get any direction and i might say to that you may get more direction than you know mm. and you may receive it at times you don't even realize because god loves that child more than we do absolutely and he loves you that's right and knows what is the very best so we certainly ought to be involving him in our individual prayers as we seek his divine guidance and blessing one of his beloved children. Well, I also used to try to pray to help me connect with that individual child, to help me to become closer to that child, to say positive things. Even if I had to say, okay, today you're going to say four positive things to this child and not negative things. Just try to help that connection so that they feel safe at home as well. Um, And also, not to forget the rest of the family. Sometimes we get so involved with one particular child that the rest of the family just gets pushed off to the back because you're trying to help a child that has problems. Yeah. Well, the song that I sang at the beginning of this podcast today is called The Lovin' Child. And I'll just kind of tell you a couple of the words of it. It said, The Lovin' Child, She Doesn't Hear Her Mother Weep. The loving child with life so wild, her world to her is fast asleep. Don't turn away, please let her stay, for this sweet child must hold your hand. Her misty gaze is just a phase. She hopes that you will understand. She wants to shout, love you, love you, listen to me. Want you, want you, listen to me. Love you, love you, listen to me please. The loving child, her thoughts are deeper than the sea. The loving child is not so wild. She's praying someone, please love me. And that's what we ultimately need to do, certainly, is to love them. I think just love them, keep praying for them, put their names in the temple, pray for yourself as well to help you deal with certain children and just to do your best every day and not to blame yourself to know that dear Heavenly Father you're trying to do the best you can and yeah that, none of us came with a, uh, a textbook on how no, to be a parent we didn't. it's you know we all are all involved in trial and error in this process and we truly strive to do the best we can we've just got to be the ones in control of our own emotions our actions, our words, and be able to strive to bless their lives the best we can. So that's kind of what we have. What are you going to do the rest of this week, Monty? Oh, busy week. Work in the missionary department. Tomorrow, Tuesday. Um, Go do a little Pilates tomorrow. Pilates, yes. Just keep busy. I don't have trouble keeping busy. No, you don't. <laughs> So anyway, we're not we're not experts by any means, but maybe you can have, take some thoughts from what we said tonight about trying to help those prodigal children. 
who may well return. Well, that's it for us tonight on Notes from John. Love you, love you, listen to me, please. The loving child, the loving child. Her thoughts are deeper than the sea. The loving child is not so wild. She's praying, someone, please love me. She wants to shout, love you, love you, listen to me. Want you, want you, listen to me. Love you, love, listen to me, please. The loving child, the loving child, her thoughts are deeper than the sea. The loving child is not so.